You're listening to the podcast of Antioch East Baptist Church in Magnolia, Arkansas. This is Pastor Ron Owen. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you have any comments or inquiries, you can send those to us at aebc123 at me.com. Turn to Romans chapter 15. I told y'all last week that we were going to probably wrap up. Well, I lied about that too. That's not a lie. It's a fib. It's not even a fib. I, I really meant to do that, but... You get into the Word of God and it gets rich and tasty and you just can't do it. You just got to go. So let's stand together and read one verse of Scripture, the King James Version of the Word of God. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of of the Holy Ghost. Lord God, help me to move from this sorrowful news and things we talk about because we're going to be talking about joy today. And in the midst, as I talked to Tanya this morning, in the midst of sorrow, there's joy. There's joy. I can imagine that she is in heaven singing with Mr. Brother Jordan and Mrs. Jordan, her aunt and uncle, and uh, other family members, her her father-in-law whom she loved. She's in heaven enjoying you. So there's joy. There's joy. Now, we sorrow for ourselves, but God, there's hope. This verse tells us that the times that we're going through with all the loss that we've had can be overcome by God's presence, God's peace, and God's joy. Lord, help us not to waste this time today. Help me to encourage. I don't want to see tears. I really don't, God. I want to hear shouting. I want to hear hand clapping and praise and glory for the goodness of God. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Do I have this microphone on? Good. Pastoral intentions. Uh, This is the wrap-up, as we said, of the whole book of Romans. And so what Paul has said in this one verse as he transitions into his Goodbye. Uh, Connor, bless his heart, didn't he do a good job with those big old ugly, na- not ugly, those big old names? He did great. I, that was great. Uh, Tychicus. Uh, can you imagine having to pronounce Tychicus on the fly? That's pretty good. Now, he got to go over a little bit. And, uh, uh, well, that's kind of what he read is Paul's Colossians. Uh, in Colossians is about what Paul's fiction do in Romans. Like the two letters, Colossians is very short, Romans was a longer letter. So that's what it's fixed to do. But before he gets into it, and it's actually, you can see he's signing off. Now, now may the grace of God, now may the God of hope fill you with hope. He said, this is why I have preached this messages, this book, why I've written this book to you. This is why I wrote it. 
that you'll be filled with joy and peace and abound in those things. And so what we're going to do is take as our outline today each phrase of this verse, explain some things, and then we're going to shout and go home. And then think about it this afternoon and shout when we wake up from our nap. And get ready for church and say, God, thank you for your goodness. And then we'll get here tonight and, and we'll be thinking about love. Right, Connor? And thinking about marriage and thinking about the good people. And we're going to say, God is a God of hope. God is a God of peace. God is a God of love and joy. Amen? That's my intention, is to fill us with that today. May the God of hope, this phrase, may the God of hope. Isn't that amazing? God, this is what the world thinks. This is what we think too much. This is what we think too much. God is not the God of judgment. Now, He is a judge. He will judge all those. But for you and I, now listen, folks. Listen, I don't know if you need to hear this or not, but if you know Jesus, all wrath for sin has been taken away. That's why all this guilt preachers put on us all these years about we'll be standing at the judgment and when he casts people into hell, we'll be off to the side weeping because we didn't tell them about Jesus. That's not true. That's not going to happen. Why? Because that sin of disobedience, maybe, was covered and is gone in the blood of Jesus. Therefore, there is no wrath reserved for us. Listen, you could, you could cuss from here to Wednesday. And I don't think a Christian's going to probably last that long cussing. But if you're a Christian and you get on a bad streak and you just get bad and you go a day, a week, a month, I want to tell you something. You're as loved and received and accepted by God as you have ever been or as much as you ever will. I'm telling you, I, I want to dance. And I have no rhythm. So I'll just... Excellent. There is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How many of you in this building are in Christ Jesus? Raise your hand high and raise it quick. Amen. All right. Praise God. Then there's no condemnation for you. Right? And I tell you, Brother Jack, he's got a mean streak in him. And he may get mad at me and condemn me. And I'll tell you what, if Brother Jack gets mad at you and looks down at you, probably you deserve it. Because he's a good man, right? Right. He is a good man, but let's say he, he did. He did. Had to look down at us and get on to us for our sin. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't get on to us for our sin. Yes, he does. But here's the thing about it. You don't have to pay for that sin. He may condemn it. He may. And by the way, we shouldn't be condemning anybody. We don't have that power, Right? You may condemn me for my sin, but I want to tell you something. You don't matter. You know why? You're not even in the jury. You're not even in the jury. The judge and whatever jury is behind the judge in heaven, when March 3rd, 1976, when I trusted Jesus as my Savior, God, the only judge, looked at me and declared me not guilty. Not on the basis of my goodness. Not on the basis, listen, my goodness, by my goodness, you know I would have never made it. 
Now, by my looks, thank you. Not even my wife said amen to that. Not by, let me tell you why God declared me not guilty. Because when I trusted him by faith, Jesus gave me his righteousness. Whew. I, I even got up past the first line of my introduction. This may be a five-part series. Who knows? Anyway, this is a prayer. This is a goal of pastor, pastoral preaching. May the God of hope, I'm praying that the God of hope will give you hope, give you joy, and give you peace. I, I, that's, that's a sermon. I guess I could say amen. It is the revelation of Paul's intention for the whole book. The vocabulary of Christianity. Listen, here's the vocabulary of Christianity, of most religion in this world. I want to tell you, I grew up in an in a independent, you know, I've told you all that. And, and, and they told you, they had, uh, every week had invitation time and, and the altar call and all that, which I'm not against, by the way. I want you to think, uh, it's just that uh, nobody ever came much, and so we've quit doing it as much as we used to. But I want to tell you, there's nothing about having an altar in the church. There's nothing about mourner's benches in the church. This was something that was invented in the 1800s in the revivalist type deal. Uh, listen, I've seen too many people come and make decisions at the altar and change them on Monday morning for me to get excited about people in the altar. But I've seen people that have never been, that didn't come to the altar and wept in their pews and went out and was a different person, right? I'm not against them. But they would say, this is what they told us, Brother Robert. Don't talk during the invitation. You may cause someone to go to hell. Really? Well, you just told me last week, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. How can I mess him up? How can you mess almighty God and the Spirit up? Now, I think yeah, there's times to be reverent, but here's what we talk about. This is what they talk, how they say Reverence, shamefacedness, lowliness, quiet reflection, patient suffering. And although we have seasons of all these things, right? I mean, there's a time to weep and there's a time to laugh, though. There's a time to cry and mourn and there's a time to rejoice. I want to tell you, I don't believe you ought to come into the church all the time quiet and dignified and, and, and uh, like a funeral service. I just don't think that. You read the Psalms. Read the Psalms. Shout, uh, uh, shout of the Lord. Uh, what is it? Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You think that? Clap your hands, all you people. Post domino mementos. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God. Not too loud now. No. That's like, it says, get so moved by God that you clap your hands. It's a natural reaction. Go to a ball game and watch people. And your team does something good. And what do they do? They stand up, raise their hands up, clap your hands. It's a natural response. And I'm telling you, you sing songs like we sang today. You've heard the joyful sound, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Let's just spread the tidings all around, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land, climb the steeps, cross the waves, onward, onward tis the Lord's command, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. In the Old Testament, they danced. 
Now, not dirty dancing. You know what I'm talking about. They jumped up down. They, they rejoiced in the Lord. Uh, you know, we're not going to start a dance troupe here. That's not what I'm talking about. But, but they were rejoicing in the Lord. And you know what they were under? The law. You know what you're under? Grace. You cannot tell me God doesn't think we ought to rejoice more than they did under the law. I mean, we've experienced the things the Bible says that the prophets of old and angels would love to be able to experience. This is uh, the vocabulary of Paul for those who are saved. Hope, joy, peace, and that you will be filled with them and that you will abound in them. And he adds this comment from uh, uh, comes uh, that it comes from believing, trusting in, relying on, and clinging to the Son of God. <laughs> and it is the ministry of God, the Holy Spirit. My friend, you didn't run to God. He ran to you. You didn't come to Him. He came to you. <laughs> he put His love upon you. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you've been saved? Let's take a phrase. Let's take it. I like how I put this. Let's take it phrase by phrase and give praise by praise. One day, one day, one of you is going to shout and scare me to death. I just know it. Number one, fill you with all joy. I'm going to read so I can get with this, but don't lose the spirit of the service. Amen? Fill, fill, that little word there. And there's the Greek word if you want to figure that out. It's, it's uh, pleru, uh, pleruo, actually, pleruo. And it means to make full, to fill up, that is to fill to the full, to cause to abound, to furnish or supply liberally. I abound. This is how you would say it. I abound. I am liberally, liberally supplied. It means fill it to the brim. Fill it to the rim. Fill it to the what is it? Is what is that? Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up. Listen, He does. You ought to be filled with joy and gladness and peace, knowing that your sins have been taken away and the righteousness of God has been put to your account, and that you're going to, as she sang about this morning, heaven. If I were to ask you, and I did this Wednesday night, so you Wednesday night people don't talk, and my Sunday school kids, you can't talk because we're just Sunday school. If you were to describe heaven, I guarantee you not one of you could give me one, one aspect, not spiritually, because that's what they try to do Wednesday night, you know. Well, Jesus is there. Well, of course, he's, he's everywhere. That's what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about, you know, what do the trees look like? What's the river? What's the, you cannot give me one physical aspect of heaven. Not one of you can give me one. Somebody shout one out. I said Wednesday night people can't be a part of it. Oh, that's right, he wasn't. You, you heard that from uh, 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 Miss Melinda. Okay, besides Mickey Williams and the Wednesday night crowd, name me some more aspects of heaven. No, not loved ones. That's spiritual. You're right. Your loved ones that are saved are going to be there. That's true. They are there right now if they've passed away. 
No, I'm talking about the streets. I'm talking about the walls. I'm talking about the, 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 the mountains. I'm talking about what's, tell me something the Bible says about heaven. I'm fixed to come slap somebody. Peace, love, and joy. That's spiritual. No, I'm talking about asphalt. I'm talking about bricks. I'm, what? No. No streets of gold in heaven. <laughs> All right. Somebody, something else. What? You were going to say that. <laughs> All right. Most people say streets of gold, gates of pearl, pure gold, a river of life, all this. Do you realize that that is a description of just one city in heaven? It says nothing about the countryside. It says nothing about all the other rivers besides the river of life. It says nothing about the animals that will be there, and I believe they will be there. It says nothing about the planets. You know why? Because all of it's going to be new. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. This earth is passing away. A new heaven is earth. And the Bible says that the new Jerusalem, which is what only you can describe because it's only what we're told, will come down and sit upon a new earth. It's a city 1,500 miles high. The first level of it is past our atmosphere. And if that city is that huge, how big must the new earth be? Amen? Come on! I heard that. So yes, there's streets of gold, there's gates of pearl right now in heaven because it's in that city being prepared for you and me. But we don't know. Hey, listen, how many of you'd rather how many of you'd rather go spend vacation in the middle of the city? I mean, just get you a chair and relax in the middle of Dallas, Texas. Or how many of you rather go get your chair and sit in the middle of the countryside? Or on a, a cliff overlooking all the mountains? Well, see, that's got to be in, on the new earth, and we haven't even been told about it yet. That's why he said, I'm about to get excited, the half has never been told. I, I, got, I got glory bumps on the bottom of my feet. A couple of them on my teeth. Isn't that good? The word joy cause or fill, cause about. The word joy. Let me read you a few verses about this. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of Yahweh is your strength. The joy, and that is the LSB because it says the joy of the Lord, which uh, is, uh, it's actually the word behind that, the joy of God Almighty, Yahweh, is your strength. 1 Thessalonians 1.6 says, And you became fellow followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, in affliction, yet with joy of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing that they prayed in Acts? Thank you, God, that we were counted worthy to suffer for your namesake. How does that happen? i tell you how it happens. You get saved and filled with the Spirit. Amen. Galatians 5.2 says that the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Now, there's other ones, but I'm just pointing that out. Listen, if you're filled with the Spirit, if today you're not, you don't have joy, if you don't have patience, if you don't have love, if you don't have peace and long-suffering and gentleness, you're not filled with the Spirit. You're backslid, probably. You're concerned more about the pot roast at home than you are the message from the preacher. 
My friend, I'm telling you, if you have the Spirit of God and you're filled and controlled with Him, you will have joy. Why? Because all the mean things that are happening to us down here, we read the Bible and say that none of them compare to the glory that awaits us in heaven. And we may be sad because we lose loved ones. We may be hurt because of pain in our body. We may be disappointed at the rejection of a friend. But we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I'm telling you, there's no reason in the world, God forgive me for my complaining, that we should be unjoyful. I'm telling you, some of you look like you're weaned on a dill pickle, eating on a dry cracker. And I want to know why. Why you don't have joy? I'm just teasing. You know that's, I'm preaching like there's 10 million people here. But if the shoe fits, wear it. Amen. I'm preaching as much to myself. Don't think that Brother Ron's looking down at us. My wife will tell you that I've been a toot lately. And and I don't know why, I don't know, it just happens, and I need this sermon. If you do not have joy, and then you are not filled with the Spirit of God. And if we do give an invitation today, you ought to get yourself down here at the front of this church and pray. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You are forgiven always. You are justified always. You are adopted always by God. You are going to heaven always and forever. Then why in the world shouldn't you have joy always? And if you don't, it's not God's fault. It's not your wife's fault. It's not your kid's fault. It's not your husband's fault. It's not the church's fault. Listen, one illustration, Brother Tim. Ladies, come on up and get ready to play an invitation hymn, whatever you pick. What am I trying to do here? There's a man sitting on his front porch, Grandpa, sitting on his front porch as my kids are going to make their kids call me grumps. And he was sitting on the front porch. And his kids, his grandkids, snuck up and put a big blob of Limburger cheese on his mustache. Now, if you kids don't know what Limburger cheese is, it's a cheese that stinks. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, really stinks. And he went, (laughs) he said, man, this porch stinks. And he went out in the front yard, he said, well, it stinks out here too. And he went out to the driveway, and he said, man, this driveway is smelly. And he went to the backyard, and he said, it stinks out here. He walked out into the pasture, and he said, it stinks out here. And he threw his hands up in exasperation and said, the whole world stinks. When all the time, it was right under his own nose. And some of y'all thinks the whole world stinks. Hey, listen, you know what I'm trying to do? Leave that boy alone. Because I'm trying to get y'all to have the joy that kid right there has. That's the way we ought to be about Jesus. That's the way we ought to be about being saved and knowing Christ. These are tears of joy right now. I love tears of joy. Now, some of you say, Brother Ron, I've never had joy of the Lord. I've never had it. Maybe you need to be saved. Maybe you have never come into having an intimate 
loving relationship with Jesus. And the reason is because you're a sinner and he's holy. And yet he provided a way for you and he to come together. He died in your place. And he rose again for your justification. And he calls through the church and through this preacher for you to come to him and receive joy. To be repentant and broken over your sin and to turn to him in faith, trusting him. And my friend, you don't just join a club, you get born again. <laughs>